Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And it's time for us to shoot the flames. Our monthly chat show where Chris and I get together and talk horror news, some recent trailers, and most importantly, comments, questions, and reviews from you, our listeners. And this is July, so we're kicking off Blockbuster Month. That's right. Blockbuster Month. And um, I think we're going to have a couple Blockbuster Months, right? I mean, because we have august too with some pretty yeah. big titles so well last year we did alien and aliens in july and then we did jaws and jurassic park in august so we had a, a hefty summer and uh, of course this summer this month july we're doing alien 3 the assembly cut as well as alien resurrection and over on patreon we're handling prometheus and covenant and we're going to talk about how much we just love those movies that's right it'll be a very quick episode over on patreon <laughs> <laughs> And then in August, we're going to cover the Terminator and Terminator 2. So it's going to be, yet again, another hefty big boy summer. That's right. I like big boy summers so far. (laughs) I think it's good. We're going to keep doing this, you know? In fact, I'm going to call every summer that from now on. It's big boy summer. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into any of those blockbusters, we have to shoot these flames. So we have a lot of comments, some of them very long. So why don't we just get started? Let's do it. Okay. Well... We got a comment from at the real GL Hal Jordan on our shooting the flames episode last month. And he said, Thanus rhymes with anus. You know what? (laughs) You know what? I'm going to use that pronunciation from now on. And Robert, you didn't use my follow up to your admittedly funny Hermione reply. That made me sad. Not as sad as Ryan Reynolds's Green Lantern abortion, but sad nonetheless. Plus, I gotta say, the Eternals trailer left me cold and bored. Not as cold and bored as Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, but fairly close. You insufferable know-at-all. <laughs> yeah, I, I did I did think that the Eternals trailer, like, kind of maybe kept it too close to the chest, you know? Um, obviously, Robert liked it better than I did, but, you know, I'm the, I'm the one that's gonna see it, you know, like, on opening day or something, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I might. I mean, I liked the trailer. I thought it was good. You know, but I also, I mean, it just seems like a Marvel movie I would like. So, yeah. plus it's Chloe Zhao. Yes. And that's one of the big reasons I want to see it. So, but it's cool. I mean, like, we get it. We also get that you don't like Ryan Reynolds and Green Lantern. And I mean, I didn't either. So, <laughs> I haven't seen it, but hey. So, Alvin from Patreon said, It's the fifth time I've heard my name said on a podcast. Should be ho hum now, but I still look around for somebody to play it for so I can say, That's me. Well, keep on writing and we'll keep saying your name, Alvin. Alvin. Okay. okay, I'm sure he's heard that a billion times in his life. I actually cut that joke at the first time that we mentioned him as a new patron. <laughs> that was on the cutting room floor. Oh, oh well, it's going to make it in some, some one of these days anyway. So, um, yeah, and, and we're, you're going to hear your name a couple more times in That's this right. episode. So. Make sure you got somebody around right now. Yeah, pause it. <laughs> uh, Nicole M also on Patreon said, since I just quote unquote celebrated my 46th, if you just want to call me old Nicole, that's Razor. <laughs> also, not sure if it came out after y'all recorded, but have you seen the teaser for Demonic yet? Fucking chills. Also, absolutely cannot wait for Last Night in Soho. Both of those look kind of up the same alley a little art house a little like keeping things close to the chest but also really like really good trailers Mm -hmm. so demonic is just it's a great trailer i can't wait to see it yep and as it turns out we did see that trailer right after we recorded but hey 
stay tuned, Nicole. You might hear a discussion about it later on. Mm-hmm. Nikki from Patreon said, thanks for refreshing our watch list. And just to share, my son just watched his first real horror movie, A Quiet Place, and loved it. So glad I convinced him to give it a try when I thought he was ready. Unlike the first roller coaster, I got him on way too early and he hates them now. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. It makes me so happy when families are coming together over horror movies, right? Or yeah. like parents are like, I think you're ready. Let's try to watch it. And, and if they're open to that, you know, I think it's it's fantastic. But um for real. He can try a roller coaster again later on. Maybe his mind will change. Yeah. From our deep dive into Cassie. It's Bennett. Carrie. <laughs> Bennett. The last time. <laughs> I know. No, it'll not be the last time. We'll continue to make that joke forever and you know it. <laughs> Bennett on Facebook said, I'm a subscriber on Spotify and I pretty much just listen to the podcast to hear Robert's infectious laughter. But this episode was extra good because I think Robert had an orgasm just talking about Brian De Palma. Keep it up. The orgasm or Brian Tomala? Keep what up? I mean, like, <laughs> we could infer so many things in there. Yeah, yeah. I like Brian De Palma, and I'm not going to be, I'm not sorry about it. So, yeah, yeah I, even in like conversations with Chris off mic, I probably have had a very similar orgasm response when I talk about Brian De Palma. <laughs> so. It's his favorite director. Yes. At Who's Their podcast said, Catching up with the film flamers. I saw Cassie off Broadway in 2011. It was ridiculously campy and fun. See, I'm not even fast enough to be like, it's scary. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I just let you go on with it. <laughs> I want to see Carrie the musical so bad. And I've said it enough over the last like two months. I think everyone knows now what, yeah. what they can give me for my birthday. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that dead horse is now chunkies also. Uh-huh. It's the last time I'll say it. I promise. Yeah. Uh, from our deep dive into what keeps you alive. This is our first pride episode uh, last month. Alvin over on Patreon said, enjoy the episode, guys. I like what keeps you alive for all the things that you like. Like you, I enjoyed that the main character's sexual orientations were incidental to the story. More of that, filmmakers, please. I had a harder time than either of you with the plot string of improbable events, including one more impossible event, which you noticed and handedly addressed. Frequency of incredulous size equals 2.5 stars for me. That said, a gorgeously shot movie that casually signals that lesbians and gays are as unremarkable in their sexual orientation as straight people in theirs. Amen. You, mm-hmm. you mentioned Grave Encounters and its sequel. Those might be a fun mini binge episode. Compare and contrast original versus sequel. I enjoy hearing you talk about them. Yeah, I thought it was a really great comment. Um, and obviously just validation for us. So yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like it when you say I like I like the episode. You know what I mean? And Grave Encounters is really good. I, I have you seen that yet, Chris? No. Yeah, I think sometime we should watch it together. It's a fun movie. So. Okay. Nikki said, We really like this one. Yes, it has flaws, but I audibly gasped at least twice during the film, so I highly recommend it. Gasping and touching your decolletage area. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I gasped a couple times the first time I watched it, too. So. Yeah. Uh, Joe, over on Facebook, said, On second viewing, I did enjoy what keeps you alive more than the first time. Me, too. That said, I do have some of the same hand-ups about the timing and storyline. Some of it doesn't make sense. And there's some cringy moments. Examples. Name discrepancy. I would have mentioned that to my husband right away. That would have been a right now discussion, especially if the name mentioned wasn't a nickname or middle name. That's what I said in the thing. I know. <laughs> I mean, I was the one who was just like, ah. I mean, I could I could see like waiting to the next day or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, 
Also, she could have been much better. She could have been much better strategized on revealing to the neighbors. Pass a damn note that says, don't show emotion. Let's knock her ass out and run. And then after the whole ordeal, she went back. F that. If she wasn't dead already, get the fuck out. Call the damn police. I totally pulled one of my BFFs into a convo about what keeps you alive and nudged him to your podcast. He was definitely enthralled with the movie and your deep dive to say the least. All good points and points that I certainly brought up in that episode that kind of is really interesting because this is kind of a comment I would have expected from Nikki at Philly Engineered, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because like she didn't mention at all that she would have noped out at any point. So maybe this is a very specific situation. I don't know. Nikki, ping back to us. Come back to us and let us know. Also, Joe had made a comment about the scene where she's cleaning up the like the the entrails of the neighbors' death and the Moonlight Sonata's playing in the background. And he he talked at length about that in, in a comment. And I told him, hey, you need to go and say these things on our hotline. You're like, obviously you're very passionate about that scene and we want to hear your own voice. So I'm not including those comments right now, Joe. Go to our hotline, leave that message, and we'll play it. And if, if you really don't want to, I'll include them on the next Shooting the Flames. From our deep dive into wild things, at Friday the 13th said, I love bitchy Denise Richards, you skanky bitch. <laughs> I can't quote that. You have to quote that forever. Which is <laughs> better. At Battle Burrito said, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would going in. It was delightfully tacky. Here, here. And it is. Yeah. Nikki said, finally had time to watch today. Gave me some fun vibes from Dynasty Opulence and Cattiness. Loved it. I have questions, though. Too many for a tweet. I may have to email y'all. And then she follows up with, great episode, gents. Okay, my question. When did Susie pull her teeth? After Kelly and Sam dragged her body away? And if they ditched the body, I guess Susie played dead the whole time? And that whole thing at the end with the adoptive grandmother thing was super confusing. Too many names and I couldn't follow it. Who was someone's half-sister? I need the cliff notes. I love seeing Daphne Rubin Vega, who I loved in The Heights, Jeff Perry, who I loved in Scandal, and Bill Murray, who I love in everything, especially his cameo in Zombieland. And I think making that sexual connection between Sam and Ray should have been more clear. Would have been made for a better twist. Okay, I have hit my question comment quota for this movie. Okay, so I, I did respond to this on Patreon, I think. And of course, Susie pulls her teeth when Denise Richards' character thinks that she's being killed. Right. Mm-hmm. They bag her up. She's just pretending to be dead. She's playing possum. He puts her into the swamp. She obviously just is probably like, you know, they're probably playing slap and tickle back there instead of him burying a body. Right. The whole, like, I, I've seen this movie so many times and I don't know about the whole like half sister thing. I didn't catch that in the dialogue at the end. Maybe I'm not paying attention at that point in the movie, but I do know from stuff that hit the, the editing room floor that Susie is, the original, the the person that has all the money in that family is, um, she's the original heiress, right? But because of the weird marriages to Denise Richards' mom in that movie, yeah. So there's a whole convoluted thing that shouldn't be in the movie, and it, it mostly isn't. So I, I would just forget about it, honestly. It was so convoluted, I didn't want to talk about it in the episode. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't add to the film at all. I mean, I think they're just like trying to have another fucking twist, you know? And then, it's, like, you're trying to give her a, a clearer motive. Yeah, yeah, that's a much better way to say it. You're right. But, I mean, it's not very clear. No. I mean, it's better just to be like, okay, like everything was (laughs) twisty and and, and whatnot, but just like forget that. I mean, honestly. But you're right. Daphne Rubin Vega, like we said on that episode, is everything. I still haven't watched In the Heights, but I very much want to, and I'm so glad that she's in it. I'm happy to see her again. Mm Mm-hmm. 
um, at the Customers Also Watched podcast at CAW Podcast. Everyone who listens to this episode gets an introductory Home Depot gift card in the mail. <laughs> I love that one. As soon as you showed that to me, I loved it. <laughs> well, because, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like, I was a little, like, ho- I, I hope that our jokes didn't go too far or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? and that would have been my fault because that was my joke and I have to take the hit for that. But, I mean, I just thought it was so tongue-in-cheek and, and we're just like, having fun with our sisters, you know? And it like genuinely surprised me and made me laugh. You know what I mean? And so to have someone like retweet that, I was just like, yes, thank God. Thank God people find it funny. <laughs> so True. yay. Joe from Facebook said, I watched wild things for the second time ever. And I completely blame you both for that. LOL. I'm fairly certain I had repressed all memory of that film, with the exception of Kevin Bacon's Bacon, which seems bigger now that I'm adult watching it. That said, I did enjoy the movie this time around, and I noticed some of the subtleties that I had missed when I watched as a teen. First, I see some definite nods to the detective noir films of the 60s. Yes. Uh, Second, did this kick off an ear for Bill Murray, in which he becomes a secondary but very influential character in the film? Third, I've always felt that Nev Campbell was just as milquetoast as they come. Slightly convincing as a wild kid, but not so much as a conniving genius. Apparently, knowing how to sail and telling one Greek mythology is meant to make me intellectually swoon. Fourth, Denise fucking Richards. I love her, and your reference to Drop Dead Gorgeous is spot on. I'd say she has some of the most convincing scenes in the movie, and she's just very in that world. Fifth, I've had a crush on Matt Dillon since I was four. You're both right. He's very caveman-esque, and he always plays the same character. He's physically hot, but I also prefer he not talk. <laughs> just shut up and look pretty. <laughs> we can get what we need from the rest of the cast. Yeah, okay. So we're we're on board for everything. Milk toast. Milk toast with a Q-U-E. That's not used often no i had to look it up (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) but i think you're right about denise richards right i mean because the more i think okay i have to confess i have listened to our episode on wild things like three times now oh my god really (laughs) yeah i just like it i think i like our episode more than i like the fucking movie and so i mean like and i'm okay saying that to everybody you know so it's fine but uh, yeah, I mean, like when he when I read that, I was like, you're right. Like Denise Richards is good in this movie. Like she is very of that world. I don't even think she has to try too hard. She just does a good job. My favorite so. moment from that whole podcast episode is when we're we're still in the synopsis and the gag is already there about the Home, Home Depot card, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then. It's when Denise Richards dies and you're like, her Home Depot gift card balance transferred to Susie. <laughs> you die. It was just my favorite part of the whole episode. I couldn't even make it through that sentence. I was just like, I loved it so much. I liked that episode a lot. So, And I mean, Matt Dillon is very caveman sexy, but let's not forget, listeners, he's an Academy Award nominee. So. What? From what, Crash or something? Yeah, for Crash. (laughs) Okay. So Alvin over on Patreon also commented on our Wild Things episode. He said, Wild Things sounds stylish and very of its time. 1982's The Hunger has style, a great soundtrack, presents overtly lesbian themes, and is decidedly horror. 
Yves Saint Laurent muse seduces Janet. Damn it. Granted, the hunger lacks Kevin Bacon's penis, mm. but it does have David Bowie on the cusp of straightened teeth and lemon-haired Let's Dance Renaissance. The hunger, though, is not even six degrees tangential to Kevin Bacon peen, so I can lightly accommodate your prideful choice of wild things, a movie I'd never seen and have no ambition now to see. That you both enjoyed wild things made me genuinely enjoyable your lively discussion of it. Now, boys, back to piloting a horror movie podcast. My God, what a Dickensian proclivity you have, Alvin. Your comments are always the hardest to, to fucking read because it's poetry. Sheer poetry. Sheer poetry. <laughs> I just totally murdered that comment. <laughs> oh my God. And all of it's gone to the editing room floor. They'll never know. <laughs> you had to read that shit like 10 times before it made sense. <laughs> thanks alvin we agree we have talked about the hunger i mean i know you told him over on yeah. patreon but no i responded yeah. yeah i responded and yeah we actually covered it we did a um we did like a hot take type of flamers flashback or whatever on over on patreon and i, I pointed him into it so um yeah i think that's like the second time that's happened and so it's just like hey if you if you wish we had done something or think something's really obvious go back and look at our, our backlog and you might be surprised we've been around for almost three years and we've done quite the bit so you know half the time you ask for stuff we haven't covered half the time we have yeah and if you if we haven't covered it i mean like we we think about it so yeah. we write them down uh, on our top 10 episode where we covered high school horror films, at RL Terry one said Halloween H2O literally takes place in a high school. Surprised it wasn't on the list. It's my fave Halloween sequel. Well, it wasn't on the list, RL Terry. <laughs> because it's not a good movie. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, that's subjective. Yeah, I mean, I it's I it's watchable, it's fun, you know. It's just not it's not one of my favorite high school horror movies or Chris's, you know, so it just didn't really make our list. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it. So <laughs> <You have to. laughs> uh, it, it I was told have... that the new Halloween movie killed all the sequels, so I just never went back and watched them. <laughs> yeah, there's no need now. We have a whole slew of new ones. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh he also listed out his favorite high school horror movies and it's over on twitter so head over there and find us and you can see all his lists it's just, pretty good i think I've, I've seen like three or four of the halloween series and then i've seen like another series by rob zombie and then i've seen some of the new ones and the kind of the half reboot half like i don't know so i've seen like six or seven halloween movies but i must have missed that one along the way i think i remember those uh commercials coming out in 98 or 99 and uh-huh. and just uh and then the world kind of proclaimed that this is a pile of shit so i never watched it i mean it's okay i saw it in the theater when it came out i mean it's got it's got ll cool j in it it's got josh hartnett in it it has that um blonde girl from dawson's creek who <laughs> later on michelle whatever her name is i mean michelle so it's williams yes michelle williams and jamie lee curtis came back to the series so it's yeah. not it's not it's not the worst halloween movie for sure you know it's no four or five i just remember h2o and i was just like stop it even even at like 16 years old i was like no halloween it. water i mean <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the 20th movie so i, I don't yeah i don't know <laughs> anyway so we got some questions 
First up is from Bennett via email. He said, I have a recommendation for a horror adjacent film to discuss. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on the 1998 drama Gods and Monsters, starring Ian McKellen, Brendan Fraser, and Lynn Redgrave. While not a horror film in any conventional sense, it does portray James Whale, an early master of horror cinema. It also has major gay vibes, so it seems like something up your alley. I also haven't heard any gay movie podcast really deep dive into that film, and I am eager <laughs> to hear other gays discuss it at length. So I've seen this film. Have you? Yes, I own this film. I yeah. love it. I um I think I responded back to this email and said, Yeah, I've seen it. We appreciate it. We love it. We'll we might talk about it. It's very horror adjacent. Um, I think it's the subject matter that the horror in there is very, you know, diegetic, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, this is the guy that made like Frankenstein and all those other movies. Right. And right. there's definitely some gay vibes. And so I think eventually maybe even next year for pride, we might cover this. I mean, yeah. When I saw that email, I was just like, you know what? I think that's a really good pride month episode. Gods and monsters this is a really good movie. And I'd love to talk about it. It so. sounds so epic too, but it's not gods and monsters. You'd think that'd be like. It sounds like a Ridley Scott movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a, isn't there a movie like that? Gods and Kings. <laughs> yes. Yes. By Ridley Scott. So I know it's not really a question, but Bennett, we are seriously thinking about it. So yep. stay tuned. Land of Enchantment Lobo sent us an email and they said, well, it's that time of year again. Summer reading clubs for the kids. A local pizza parlor is offering a free slice of pizza for every six books read, and so my 10-year-old and 6-year-old daughters are a flurry reading everything they can get their hands on. The 10-year-old got Casper the Friendly Ghost from the library, and now it's a hit. We also picked up a DVD copy of Casper, 1995, at the library. You can tell we're old school. A CD copy of the Casper soundtrack is now playing 24-7 at my house. Yes, literally, the six-year-old found the repeat all button. It's quite good. <laughs> it made me wonder if Casper is horror-adjacent enough for the film flamers. It does star the illustrious Christina Ricci and chronologically follows Adam's Family Values in her filmography. Maybe as a part of a future Christina Ricci doubleheader with Sleepy Hollow, play on words intended. I did also pick up Flatliners 2017 starring Elliot Page, a standalone sequel to and remake of the 1990 film of the same name. It's quite intense for a PG-13 film and filled with jump scares. P.S. Chris asked in June if he should add a spoken intro into Copycat and Suspiria, and I think that would be good for new listeners. I'll dare to dream they might be remastered someday when you're rich and famous. Yeah, we might do that intro sooner or later. We just keep forgetting to do it because we're, you know, kind of on a schedule with all the stuff we're doing now. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll do that. But as far as Casper, I mean, we, we love horror adjacency. We love Christina Ricci, but I don't know how far we go into horror adjacency when it gets into the kids genre. You know what I mean? So I feel like we'd have to be scraping the bottom of the barrel to cover that one. Any kind of deep dive, but it could be a Flamers flashback. Maybe certainly now I'm really curious about that, uh, score, the musical score. Unless we're talking about like a song soundtrack. I mean, it did have a song soundtrack, I remember. Because, I mean, I saw Casper in the theater and I liked it. I don't think I've seen it since then, but I was very young when that movie came out. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I do enjoy horror adjacency. I just don't always enjoy family movies, right? And I know we just did Adam's Family Values, which is considered family film, right? But yeah, but Casper is a little bit like family, like, like you could be teenagers and stuff or preteens or something. But Casper, I feel like, is more like the the five, ten-year-olds, you know, range. But I don't know. We'll look at it. Maybe we'll, we'll pick it up and, and watch it and say, hey, we have some things to talk about here. So, yeah, thanks for putting it back on our radar. And I would certainly talk about Sleepy Hollow. So, Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm going to look it up real quick. Casper. 1995 American film. Uh, music by James fucking Horner. 
Oh. Yes, please. That's Devin Saw on it too, and he's super cute. We have some new patrons. That's right. Two of them, to be exact. That's right. Dr. Joe. And Kyle Cavanaugh. Welcome to the family. We're happy to have you. And with that being said, we also have to shout out our patrons who are at the Film Flamer tier or higher, and they are... Amber. Ben. Dr. Joe. Kimberly upgraded her pledge. So welcome, Kimberly. Lisa. But especially Penelope. (laughs) (laughs) We have to thank you guys for your continued support at that tier. We're happy to have all of our patrons. We love all the discussions that we have over there with you guys. And if you're interested in joining our Patreon family, head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers. Find all of our bonus content and love it. (laughs) Or die. Uh, I think probably sometime in the summer blockbuster month, we're going to be moving back to doing the polls after Prometheus and Covenant to see what people want to be watching over there on Patreon. So tune in in August when we start doing that again. That's right. Horror news. So it's been pretty light on the horror news front as of late, but there's a couple things that I thought we might like to talk about. And let's start with the Exorcist reboot. Jason Bloom confirms that Blumhouse will produce a new movie, right? But is it going to be like a new story or is it going to be like a remake? Well, that's the thing. So... It's been sort of announced, but not really officially, that David Gordon Green, who is responsible for all of these like Halloween reboots as of late, will be helming The Exorcist, too. And uh, Jason Blum says that it's going to be very similar to that. So I don't know. Maybe it's going to be discounting some of the sequels that came afterward, and they're going to continue the story in such a fashion. Or maybe they just think that this man is only capable of directing reboot movies of horror films. I don't know. <laughs> like he he's makes a good popcorn film so it'd be interesting to see the exorcist that's a little bit more popcorn friendly versus like i don't know i kind of I'm itching for that luca guadagnino exorcist movie you know what i mean yeah i mean i agree i would like something that was a little bit more artistic and fun you know what I, mean? I mean like i i, I love Friedkin's version very much one of my favorite movies yeah. um and i i'm not very excited about the idea of a remake or a reboot but um i will certainly watch it and i did enjoy that halloween movie so mm-hmm. on someday we promise we will deep dive the exorcist someday maybe very soon mm. so next up we've got ann rice's interview with a vampire series coming to amc in 2022 technically that would be the vampire chronicles right and so yeah we heard this news you were shopping around and it was uh kind of changing hands and it kind of they dropped the ball and and finally amc got it like a, a year or two ago and we just hadn't heard really much since right and because this has been on our shooting the flames for you know on and off for a while and um yeah so i'm excited that they're finally kind of announcing that it's uh, gonna be here in 2022 so i'm very excited depending on what's going on i see the showrunner the showrunner is going to be roland jones of friday night lights fame so who knows what the fuck this is going to turn out to be i was really hoping we'd get neil jordan involved somehow and, and who knows maybe that'll happen but well and with this announcement i mean it's it's more than just interview with the vampire they're also doing uh the mayfair witches right <clears throat> yeah it's, yeah it's gonna be shared universe mayfair which just like it is in in the books you know it's a shared mm-hmm. universe and there's some crossover books but yeah chronicles of narnia or chronicles of narnia chronicles of vampires <laughs> vampire chronicles is gonna start with probably uh the vampire Lestat, and then we might brush over interview with the vampire since there's already been a movie everyone's so familiar with 
Well, from what I read in this article too, they were they were saying that it's like it's going to be an eight episode season, and they haven't really said like what they're going to be covering, you know. And 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 so I'm kind of interested to see where they start the whole process, right? Because there's a whole bunch of books that I haven't really read outside of Interview with the Vampire. So yeah, I I would love to see a continued story of Lestat, and and I know that AMC really values their horror content yeah. so finally uh, bones and all there's a first look at timothy chalamet and in a cannibal love story from suspiria director luca guadagnino you know i feel like uh timothy chalamet's uh partner from that other movie should actually be playing this <laughs> army hammer yeah just eating toes and shit. Yeah. <laughs> God, you're right. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, I mean, like this is based on a novel, which I've never heard of. Um, I just, I mean, I like that director a lot. I mean, I liked his Suspiria, although I've only seen it the one time. I know you recently rewatched it, but I, I'd like to see what he does. And I like a good horror love story. And I want to see like who's the cannibal and who's not. Are they both cannibals? I mean, but yeah, I mean, like if if he's putting a movie out, I'm going to see it no matter what. Yeah, and especially if it's like horror, horror Jason. Mm-hmm. So coming soon. We have a good handful of trailers to talk about this month, and we're going to start with like the super obvious one that you know just like blew up social media or at least like horror Twitter. And that is the full trailer for Halloween kills. That's a good trailer. Chills. Fucking chills watching this. Yeah. The only thing that bothers me is knowing that it's not going to be dealt with this movie because we know that it's going to be like a two part. I don't know if they filmed them at the same time, but it's going to be Halloween kills and then what Halloween ends or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the only thing that bothers me is knowing that it's not going to be wrapped up, that this feels it's going to feel like a middle movie. And I'm really hoping that's not the case, but the trailer is doing it some justice that's for sure it's doing some heavy lifting i like middle movies you know what i mean like i'm an empire kind of guy you know are you, and so, are you a, like, a two towers kind of guy i am a two towers kind of guy <laughs> actually you're an exorcist like, to the heretic kind of guy did you ever say that to me <laughs> <laughs> i'm an exorcist three kind of guy <laughs> uh but yeah when like all these townspeople are like coming to arms to like fight Michael Myers and shit. And I was just like, Oh my God, this movie just looks so good. I'm so ready to see it. I hope it doesn't disappoint. And um, yeah, I'm just really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Speaking of which things that we were talking about forever, the full Candyman trailer finally was released. And this is coming out in August. So really, really quickly. Yeah. And it, it also just looks really good. You know, mm-hmm. talk about like, these two movies, like the music in both their their trailers, is you know reminiscent of the movies that they're rebooting, right, or remaking. But it's just different enough to sort of like catch my attention a little Modern bit. And I think that's it, yeah. sort of yeah, and it just sounds so good, you know, it's just like immediate nostalgia boner. But I really want to hear like the rest of the music and stuff like that. But yeah, like Nia DaCosta's Candyman just looks excellent. It looks. Mm-hmm better than the original in some kind of ways like i'm really intrigued by it and it looks scary as shit i really hope they do keep that theme from philip glass from the original Candyman because it was just great i know they do obviously in halloween these halloween movies they've kept that riff they can't do a halloween movie halloween movie without that riff successfully so i'm hoping the same thing for Candyman, but that's not the only thing it's banking on obviously but it, it does look like a really good story so looking forward to it and I, there's some gay characters in it, from what I can tell on the trailer. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'll welcome that. 
Either way. So, yeah. So I know you sent me a link of something to watch. And it's not not quite a trailer, but I mean, really, it kind of is. Right. So um, and it's a behind the scenes teaser for the series of The Sandman from Neil Gaiman. Yes. And I, it just looks really, really good. This is a graphic novel or a graphics novel series even that I have been reading since I was like a teenager. And I this is like his, you know, his famous work that, you know, really like kicked him off into his like celebrity. And um I, I really can't can't wait. And it just like looking at who's been cast and how they look and like the sets, it just looks really fucking good. And so I'm I'm really, really uh like really can't wait. And fucking like uh Brienne of Tarth is playing Lucifer, which is just amazing to me. So I cannot I cannot fucking wait for this. What is her name? Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I love her so much. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, like mostly that teaser is talking about like some of their special effects and like behind the scenes sort of thing, and it looks neat. And I know that Neil Gaiman is heavily involved, and I mean that's always good, right? And also, I mean, like he created a character based on Tori Amos for the Sandman, and I, I'm hoping against hope that maybe she'll just be on the show somewhere. Well, I have never said ever. She name drops Neil Gaiman in almost every album she's put out. Mm. Well, there you go. Next up, we've got Demonic. And this is what uh, Nicole had mentioned earlier in a comment. And so here we are to talk about it. It's a, it's, it's a really short teaser trailer. And we have really no idea about like what's going on in this movie, right? No. Except that we know that like people are sort of like transplanted mentally into some sort of environment. But another trailer that has some really cool sounds and music behind it, like it's just kind of neat looking this is an excellently put together trailer i have to say even though it's confusing you're not really sure what's happening like this woman is going into like um you know interactive like digital world or something either for some sort of discovery or some sort of therapy or something right and there's there be demons and there be cults and we have no idea how it all fits together but it looks really fucking good and the sound design for this trailer is amazing and uh yeah obviously we've already got some feedback for it before we even had it in the shooting the flames um you know but it, it does look really really good and there's some it looks like there's some nasty horror in it which is great yeah i'm super excited to see this movie neil, neil blancamp district nine was something that i loved a lot you know when it when it came out and he just went and made this movie yeah. like during the pandemic he was know? he so was supposed like, to do the next alien movie before ridley scott yeah. was like no i'm gonna do prometheus and covenant you can't do anything now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he went on to chappy so yeah. <laughs> and now he's doing demonic so yay i mean i'm super ready for this movie i'm sure that we'll be talking about it again yeah. on a future hot takes episode or something like that mm-hmm. so stay tuned Finally, uh, Nicole also tweeted at us directly, and she said, Hey, Film Flamers, I may have found a werewolf movie I can enjoy, and it's a movie called Werewolves Within. And this is a super awesome trailer. Like, I have to say, Wolf of Snow Hollow was a good trailer, too. It ended up being kind of a lackluster movie to me, um, especially since it ended up, spoilers, not being a werewolf. And it actually may not be any werewolves in this movie either because it kind of the trailer kind of the story kind of reminds me of the Wolf of Snow Hollow and like the comedic elements, the kind of goofy, weird, you know, tongue in cheek element. And also like we're not really seeing many monsters in this trailer. You know what I mean? So uh, but it looks actually funnier. It looks actually more interesting. So I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I This movie's already out, by the way. Oh, shit. I think. <laughs> 
I think you can go and watch it on VOD. We just have never covered this trailer, you know? I mean, I knew of its existence a little bit. I just hadn't, like, really thought about the movie because it's a fucking werewolf movie and I don't really think about those. But, you know, after she, like, you know, shared that trailer, I watched it and I was laughing my ass off. That part where he was like... He called it a Mexican standoff, and apparently someone who's his partner is like, honey, don't say that. Just say standoff. (laughs) I just could not stop laughing. So, yeah, I think I do want to see this movie. And by God, I hope you're right. I hope it's a werewolf movie we can all enjoy for a change. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that actually wraps up this month's Shooting the Flames. So if you've seen any of those trailers, read any of those news articles, or have any other questions, comments for us, let us know at The Film Flamers on Twitter and social media, or call our hotline. <laughs> I can't do that. Let me try again. <clears throat> call our hotline at 972-666-7733. Ooh, email us at tiredqueensfilmflamers.com <laughs> As always, we want to thank you for your continued support and listens. We love having all these comments and questions. We didn't have a review on this episode, so please head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Leave us that five-star review and why you like us, we'll read it on the next Shooting the Flames. That's right. Like we said earlier in this episode, please look forward to next week when we cover Alien 3, The Assembly Cut. Don't mix them up. And then Alien Resurrection, as well as over on Patreon, our double feature of Covenant and Prometheus. So we're just wrapping up that franchise yeah. this month. The Alien Month. <laughs> Kill it with fire. <laughs> well, Chris, I think it's time for me to go off and hopefully have some. Mexican standoffs. <laughs> Don't say that. Just say drink. <laughs> Sweet dreams. That really was a funny trailer. I kind of want to see that movie. <laughs> I like the next joke where like the guy was like, coming towards them to like unlock the door for them. They didn't yes. know was <laughs> Fucking yes. And they were like, oh, oh, thank yeah, you for unlocking you. So I could have done that, that myself. <laughs> Love it.